Good morning, friends. Good morning. Great to see you. Great to be here. Have I mentioned lately that this is my favorite church on earth? Have I told you that lately? And, uh, well, yeah, you can applaud. I don't know if it's applause worthy, but I love being here, and it is great to see you. Um, and something about this place just feels, feels good, feels right. And I love the series that you're in uh, this fall, Love My City and Love My, my Church, and it doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Some life updates since I was here last. Let's see. Uh, Tilly, you need a Tilly update? Tilly turns one in two weeks. Hard to believe. Autumn got married. Uh, I got my motorcycle license. And we bought another old building that might just kill me. So that's the life updates. I I wrestled with this message uh, this week, or the message wrestled with me one way or the other. What does it mean for a church to love its city? What does it mean for me as a Christ follower, to love my city. Um, And you've hit on some great topics already. You've had uh, Jonah, Nineveh, the Good Samaritan, uh, the prayer initiative. I love the the posters out in the lobby and covering our city with prayer and things like that. I thought about the times when Jesus had compassion on Jerusalem or another community, uh, times when when Jesus specifically went into a, a village or, or community to minister to people, people to heal people, uh, to feed people, to just share the love of God. I was thinking about the great commandment in Matthew chapter 28. Therefore, go into all of your world, uh, wherever, that, wherever that might be, baptize people and make disciples. And there's, there's an urgency in the New Testament about loving others, about, about going, about caring for others and, and loving our community towards Jesus. There's, there's an urgency about that in the New Testament. And I don't always have that urgency in me. And I think that's where the, the wrestling this week, um, why I was wrestling is just thinking about coming to preach about this and... and uh, and not wanting to be a hypocrite, and, and asking myself, you know, where is my urgency for loving my community towards Jesus? Where is my urgency for loving Graham and Ann, just loving others, just, just others towards Christ? Um, not all of us have the gift of evangelism, right? There's a very specific gift of evangelism that some people have and some people don't. Um, we're not all downtown preaching, praying over people we don't know, you know, white-hot, fire-breathing, spiritual ninjas for Jesus. Um, We know some of those, right? We know some, but that's not who we all are. So what does it mean for all of us, all y'all, myself included, what what does it mean for us, the whole church, to love our city? towards Jesus. And I want to invite you into that this morning. What is it? Uh, I want you to ask that question as, as we work through this, this message, this text this morning. What does it mean for me? What does that mean for me to, to love my community towards Jesus? What is, what is my part? And uh, this idea of, 
of loving our city, it's not football, right? Football is 90,000 people desperately in need of exercise (laughs) watching 22 people desperately in need of a rest, right? And, And that's not what church should be, right? It's not like you just pay a small handful of people to go and love our city, right? This is an all skate. Some of you don't know what an all skate is, but this is an all skate. That's an old term. This is, this is for everyone to get in on. Okay, so are you ready? No, apparently not. Okay. Um, it's Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning in verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning in verse 1. Did I mention how much I love this church? You just, look like, you just look like family to me, and I just love it. Verse 1, the Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. And then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. It's it's one of those places where I wish I had one of those big, booming, preaching voices. Dry bones. Listen to the word of the Lord. And this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. And I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these. Breathe into this dead body so that I can live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. That's, that's what I expect by the end of this sermon. <laughs> yes? We should have given everyone a rattle on their way in this morning. When you felt the Holy Spirit breathing life into your bones, you'd, you'd, you'd pull out the rattle and start, 
Actually, that's a terrible idea. Could you? <laughs> that would be really super annoying, maybe. I don't know. You don't have a rattle, but, you know, do you have car keys? Do you have anything in your purse that you could rattle or rattle your teeth, maybe? <laughs> if someone takes out their teeth this morning and, and shakes their teeth, that would be epic. That, we, would, we would never forget that. We'd be like, remember, were you there that Sunday that, that so-and-so took out their teeth and rattled them? Shake your keys or your teeth or whatever you have that, that, that rattles. You know, if the Holy Spirit speaks to you this morning, I'm serious. You know, get something out that will make some noise and rattle. Because Ezekiel is burdened. If you go back to Ezekiel chapter 36, just go back one more chapter and read how that ends. It's God saying, I have heard your prayers. And so what we see in, verse thir- in chapter 37 is, is an answer to the, the groaning of the people. God is responding. God is, 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 is coming and uh, is showing up. And Ezekiel is burdened for his people. He's burdened for his, can we say his city? Let's just say it that way for this, for this series that we're in. And God shows up and gives him a vision of what will happen. And so in this text, there is the presence of God and the leading of God. And there is the voice of God. And Ezekiel's surrender, in Ezekiel's obedience, you notice Ezekiel's just, he's not resisting this. He's like, let's go. Wherever you want to take me, let's go. And uh, he's ready. He's, he's ready to fly and do whatever God asks him to do. Even if it doesn't make sense speaking to a valley of dry bones. Even if it doesn't make sense. Now, uh, Crosspoint, I almost said Corbett because I preached there three Sundays in a row just a little while ago. But I've mentioned again that this is my favorite church. Uh, there's some good people down there. But have I mentioned again? <laughs> I am teasing, sort of. When was the last time God took a hold of you? When was the last time that God took a hold of you? When was the last time you were carried away whatever image you want to use for that, just carried away in the presence of God, carried away by the Holy Spirit of God. And if you, maybe you're thinking never. Um, Maybe you're thinking, Pastor Tim, it was so long ago that those bones are dry. They're dry. It's just, it's just something in my life that has not happened in forever. Sometimes um, I, have, I have a 10-some-year-old dog named Nala, and sometimes she has to get up in the night, like 2.30 in the morning, and she takes me outside. And we go outside and stare at... You know, it's a beautiful night, and uh, we don't have a lot of light pollution on Grand Manan, you know what I mean by that? And the stars are gorgeous, and I just stand there in awe of 
of the creator of the glory of God while Nala pees on the neighbor's lawn. I'm having this worship moment and just literally just in the stillness of the night being in the presence of God. Maybe that's your prayer right now, not for a dog that gets you up in the middle of the night, but for a moment, a time when you can just be carried away by the presence of God. When God takes hold of you and he takes you someplace where he can show you his glory, where he can give you a, a new vision of what could happen, of what, of what he could do in your life. Maybe that's your prayer right now. Lord Jesus, come and take a hold of me. I want to be carried away by the presence of God. Take me to a new place. Show me your glory. Some of you... Uh, here in this room are chronologically experienced enough. You know what that means? That you can remember times of revival, times of renewal, times when it seemed like almost everyone in the room was carried away by the presence of God. Times when the Holy Spirit, we, would, we used to say fell. I mean, he was already here, but for some reason we said fell. Um, times when the room was so thick with the presence of God. Like nobody wanted to say anything or break it or it just, you went home and, and the, the, the presence of God seemed to go with you as you went home and you just said, wow, wow, that was incredible. That was the presence of God. Some of you have never experienced something like that. Carried away. God, take hold of me. At those times, for some of us, are just dry bones. Now they're just fumes, and I don't want fumes. I don't want fumes. I want a fresh fire. Lord Jesus, come and take a hold of, of me. Yes? No? No rattling. I don't hear any rattles. You better start digging in your purses there. Get a hold of something that can rattle. And if you want to be a care, if you want to be carried away in God's presence, you have to be okay with God's placement. I'm looking at Todd and Karen over here. This isn't in my notes, but one day, one time, you got carried away in the presence of God, and He placed you in Russia. Right. And, if, and, that's, and, and it's like that. If you, if you, you can't say, God, carry me away, but don't take me to, you know, you can't put conditions on. If you're going to be, if you want to be okay with God's presence, you've got to be okay with God's placement, what he does in your life and where he puts you, yes? You know what God's presence and your preferences have in common? Nothing. <laughs> presence of God and your preferences have absolutely nothing in common. And I get, this is me, I get, Tim Guptill, I get so attached to earthly things and, and security and things that I like and things that I want that I'm, if, if you could see it visually, you would see that I'm, I'm tethered. I've got all kinds of, 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 
of ropes and chains and bungee cords, and I'm, I'm tethered to all kinds of, of earthly things around me so that if the presence of God wanted to carry me away, I'm, I'm hooked to all kinds of things. Not talking about you, I'm just talking about me. I'm sure that no one else in the room is like that. And uh, so I'm not, I'm not ready to fly. Like if the presence of God wanted to carry me away, it's like, well, just, I've got, <laughs> hold on a second. I've got padlocks on all this stuff. I'm tethered. Like reading my list of conditions to the Holy Spirit. You know, yes, I want to be carried. I want you to come, but there are a few things we need to discuss. Number one, don't touch my money. That's, that's called Preaching. Right? Number one, get off of that. Number two, um, don't talk to me about people I don't like. This is my list, not yours. Get your own list. (laughs) Number three, uh, I'm not getting out of my comfort zone, so don't even try. Like, we're not moving, you know. So, you know, don't even try. And I'm not going to talk to so-and-so. And I'm not forgetting this. And blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. Number four, right? And we all have, you, you got, yeah, I want to be carried away. And I'd love to be swept up in the presence of God. But, but number one, number two, number three, number four, you're not ready to fly. I'll never invite that guy back again. Who invited that guy anyhow? And what if, what if today in this room there was a sound of, of these chains falling? People, you know, taking off those things that hold us back, those tethers. And what if there was just a tremendous sense of freedom in this room and everybody said, here I am, Lord, take me, let's fly. I want to be carried away in your presence and I'll go wherever you want me to go. Verse 2 and 3 again. Uh, if I can find it, I left my glasses in my backpack somewhere and I can't see a thing. He led me all around among the dry bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. I mean, that's life. That's called life. We all have places like that in our lives. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living again? Do you believe? Like, can you allow your heart to go there again and believe? Now, what I've done, again, preaching to myself, not, not you, you're just, you're just, I've made myself corner over my own dreams. I've made myself corner of my own prayers. And I go around pronouncing things dead in my life and I say, that, that'll never live again. That, that's, that's just dead. That, right? And I've given up on relationships, hopes, goals. And we call, we call this text the valley of dry bones. But I think it should be called the valley of resurrection. Because what this text teaches, one of the things it teaches us is it's not dead until God says it's dead. 
right? And God asked Ezekiel, what do you, what do you think I can do with this? You know that, that, that mess? You know that thing that you think is dead? You know that thing that looks hopeless? Do you think I can? What do you think, what do you think I can do with that, Ezekiel? Do you dare to dream? Do you dare, do you dare to believe? And you might, you might not see any signs of life, but you don't see what God sees. And all of Scripture points to Jesus. You've heard me say that before. In all of the Old Testament, the Old Testament is just a giant flashing neon arrow pointing towards Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what it is. And this scene right here points us like a foreshadow to that day between the crucifixion and the resurrection. He's dead. Have we lost hope? Where have they put the body? He's dead. But do we dare to believe? Do we dare to dream? Do we dare to believe that God can do anything? That God can raise Jesus from the dead? And so God asks Ezekiel, what do you think? What do you think I can do with this, with this mess? Our God is a resurrecting God. And this is the same power in Ezekiel chapter 37 that would raise Jesus from the grave. And this is the same power that lives in us. And if it is true, and if Jesus is who he says he is, then let God carry you away and take you to those places in your life that are just waiting for the Spirit of God to say, it's not dead. It only looks dead, but it is about to rattle. Don't make yourself the corner of your life. That person who's sitting beside you right now, they're not dead. Go ahead and look at them. Go ahead and look around the room. They're not dead. They're just waiting. They're just waiting for a resurrection. Verse 3. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? And I love Ezekiel's response. (laughs) Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. In other words, I don't have a clue. I don't know. And Ezekiel, he wants you to see his, his, I don't know, like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't paint himself in here as a superhero. And of course, I believe, yes, Lord, yeah, I can't wait. Let's build an army. He's like, oh, Lord, only you know the answer to that one. I don't know. Verse 4. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what preaching feels like. (laughs) Oh, I thought that was funny. (laughs) Preaching to dry bones every week. Oh, see, now you get it. I'm kidding. Sort of. This is um, an old cross point ism. Some of you will remember this one. That that we just kept saying over and over because it was we found it to be true at the in a, in a season of this church's life, somewhere between faith and foolishness, there's a fine line of risk that God seems to bless. We found that to be true. It, 
any time that we stepped out and thought, this is nuts. This, like, God help us. Because if God doesn't help us, we're going to look like a bunch of fools. And somewhere between faith and foolishness, there was a fine, there was, there was something in that where God let us out, um, I don't know, out on a limb or whatever metaphor you want to use, but God led us to places that did not make sense. And then he, he kept showing up. He was always there, and I can't explain it. It takes courage. It takes courage to look at the dry bones in your life and speak to them and believe that God is going to do a resurrection. I know that. It takes courage. And you have to be willing sometimes to look silly. Right? And all of us have at least one pile of dry bones. Could be your spiritual life. Could be your job. Whatever. I mean, I, we could stand here and list it all day, right? And you have the God-given authority to speak a word of believability over that mess in the name of Jesus. God, it's the, God says to Ezekiel, you do it. You speak. I'll give you the words. And, and you speak these words over that valley of dry bones. Do you, do you get the image there? And that takes courage. Now, I'm not a name it and claim it guy. Uh, that's, not, that's not me. But sometimes I use that as an excuse to just live with brokenness in my life and say, well, it's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. And I just let it sit there and rot until the flesh falls off and it just becomes a dry bone. I don't name it or claim it. And that's not right either. Because scripture tells me, Paul said, that the power of the resurrection is living inside of us. We have God-given authority to speak over those things in our lives. Lord Lord Jesus, I love it. Candy family, way to go. Lord Jesus, take a hold of me and take me to a place where I can see your glory. And give me the courage to speak over the dry bones in my life because I want a resurrection. Similar to Moses, Ezekiel's promise begins in uh, the presence of God. This is where, where God takes Moses to a place. He leads him to a place and where he can show him his glory. Uh, it's very similar. Moses got a bush. Zeke got, a, got dancing bones. Whatever we need, whatever change we want to see, it all begins in the presence of Jesus. If you and I, if we were one-on-one, uh, in a coffee shop, because that's where I like to meet over good, strong, black coffee. And, um, and if I was, if we were talking about unanswered prayers or needing a miracle or something like that in your life, something that was broken, 
I would tell you, I would encourage you, I would invite you to lean into Jesus like never before. That's, that's, I'm telling you what I would tell you. I would invite you. I would say, listen, I don't have all the answers. I can't fix it like this. But I believe in the power of God. And I would say the very first thing, what you need to do next, what you need to do next is you need more of Jesus. You've got to lean in. You've got to press in. You've, you've just got to do whatever it takes. You've got to, <laughs> Kathy's join us. You've got to ruthlessly clear away all the distractions. If this is what you want, I mean, if this is what you really, really want, you want it more than anything else, ruthlessly clear away all of the distractions. Make all the time you can. Want nothing more. And if the dry bones, if they dance, they dance. But if they don't dance, you haven't lost a thing because you've got more of Jesus in your life. Right? You haven't lost a thing. You just have to trust him and his timing. I don't know what God will do. I don't know how God will answer. Ezekiel said, Lord, you alone know the answer. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know. But I do know that I need more of Jesus in my life. I can shake that rattle. And this is what Pastor John has been doing with this series. We'll, we'll invite the, the band to come up at this time. This is what Pastor John has been doing with this series. I love my church and the series, I love my city. He's, he's, it's rattle. It's rattling dry bones, right? It's rattling. This is what the prayer initiative is all about. Get those bones off the couch. Let's get out there and pray over every street, every home, every business, every person in the name of Jesus. Now, maybe you thought that the dry bones illustration was a picture of spiritually lost people. That, that was, that's what this text is all about. It's not. The dry bones, the valley of dry bones was an image of Israel. It's us. <laughs> How you doing now? Amen. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't the lost. It was Israel. It was God's children. It was God's people. It's an image of the people of God coming back to life. Right? Before, before we can ever expect revival to happen out there, it has, to, it has to happen here. It has to happen here. Yes. The church of Jesus reassembling like a holy army. Does that rattle you? Are you rattled? Rattled? It's okay. I don't, it's okay if you're rattled. I'm getting on a ferry. <laughs> so, you know, it's all right. I love this whole preaching and leaving thing. It's the best. <laughs> it's great. I don't know when I'll see you again, you know. It's great. The bones didn't just rattle. They took on flesh. They were filled with the breath of God. And they stood ready for deployment in God's service. Let's pray together. Lord, again, here we are. This is a familiar place where we've opened your word, we've heard your word, 
Your presence is here. We know that to be true. This is that place at the end of the service each week where we invite you to have your way in our lives. And Lord, we all have dry bones. We all have those things that we've pronounced dead. Lord, I invite the breath of God to blow in on those places in my life. I say, and maybe it's the same prayer around the room, that I won't resist those things and I will, I'm ready to fly. I'll go where you want me to go. Take me places where I can see your glory, where I can see resurrection. Uh, give me courage like Ezekiel to speak over those things in my life and believe in your power. So be with us now, Lord, as we continue um, this spirit of surrender. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all God people rattled. <laughs> Amen. Amen.